Yo, what up, people? It's your boy, Chad Dave. You know what it is. You know what I do. You know how I feel. DJs over rappers every single time. Again, I am back. This is Needle to the Groove. Listen, we had some technical difficulties, but we back now. <laughs> but we back now. Bike. Listen, I got my dog in the building. Listen, man. Like I said before, we go all the way back, right? Me and this guy, me, him, O-Sharp, Rich Nice, man. We used to hang out mad late. Go get breakfast at three in the morning after they done tore down some type of club, Big some type homie. of bar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Me and him will always laugh. Every time I see him, I always bring up uh, these workout DVDs, the the TS 24s. He's trying to get, he's trying to be R&B. It worked out for him. It definitely did work out for me. Oh man. Dog, this is a pleasure and an honor, man. We're going to get into the verses and all that. I know y'all want to hear that story, but, man, we're going to dig into his history real quick. One time for my guy, DJ Vicious. What's popping, baby? What's popping, man? <laughs> oh, man, I'm so happy to have you on the show, man. I'm so happy to be here with you, my guy. So, listen, um, before we had the technical difficulties, I was asking you a question, man, which I start off every show with asking everybody this. Why DJing? Man, divine intervention, man. Just uh, it, it chose me. I didn't choose it. And I mean, you know, when something choose you, you just, you know what I mean? And it goes how it goes. You got to just ride out, rock out with it. And that's what I've been doing, man, for almost 20 years now. 20 years. So where where did you grow up at? I grew up in, in Lynn, Massachusetts, which is like right outside of Boston, like 10, 15 minutes outside of Boston. Um, and that, you know, I'm just an East Coast guy. It's that and then Brooklyn every summer. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, where? Every, every summer. I Brooklyn. didn't know you had Brooklyn ties. Every single summer, Brooklyn. And then between Brooklyn and the Bronx, literally every summer from like. Yeah, you, you got people there? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. My aunt, uh, all my family really from New York. We just, so my mom moved away before she had us to get out of there. You know, where? It's New York. It's, you know New York how that goes. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, rest in peace to King Seven, the great oh, man, Brooklyn all seven. day. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lynn, Massachusetts, man. I was doing my little research on it, man. Y'all had like mad baseball players in that city. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Harry Aganis. Uh, we got some super duper legends that came out of Lynn, like on some sports shit. Where? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a small city, but you know, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of things came out of there for real. So you said that uh, it was divine intervention, and, and you were saying like uh, off mic, you were saying that your your cousin was a DJ. Yeah, so my cousin was a DJ. What's his um, name? My cousin David, but he go by Papa D. So he's a <laughs> reggae DJ, right? So, oh, like, yeah. word. so my, my foundation is really reggae. Reggae is what got me into the game. Like every Saturday, I would just be my room was literally above his spot in the basement where he had to set up. So every Saturday morning, he just was down there, man, doing his thing. So I would wake up every Saturday morning to just the reggae vibes. And I, you know, I used to go down there and, and see what was going on. Cause you know, the, the chicks was down there. I was yeah, young, you yeah. know, I was young. He had all the baddies down there. So I go down there, you know what I mean? Try to find my little spot to kick it with the shorties. And it just, you know, that, that was where my, my like first affinity for DJing kind of like from a, like a spectator standpoint kind of began. And then like years, years and years later, there's two things that happened. So first thing was all his equipment. Cause he ended up moving to Japan. He was in Japan. Damn, Japan. Yeah, he was in Japan doing his thing uh, on the DJ shit. And one of my cousins got like some some businesses out there. So he was out there doing his thing. He just randomly hit me like, yo, I need you to go pick up some stuff for me. I was like, all right, cool. What you need me to go get? He was like, yo, I need you to go get DJ equipment. Whoop de whoop. So I'm like, all right, bet. He's like, I'm going to wire you some bread, go get everything, and just, you know, put it up for me. I said, all right, say no more. So I ended up going 
Um, and it's going to be crazy because when I tell you what it is, you're going to be like, nah. So <laughs> I'm sure all the DJs that have been up here have probably talked about the equipment, right? That's yes. DJ, you got to talk about the equipment. So I show up. It's two Technique 1200s. Oh. Vest Tech Mixer. Oh. <laughs> 3,000 records. <laughs> so you think it is some white shit and... I show up like, I, I literally just went from one day to the next to like, just literally having all this equipment. Um, and that that's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how did my story really, really begins as far as like DJ Vicious goes? Um, yeah, like, so how was, besides your cousin, like how was music in your household? Like, directly in your household? Like, was how, your parents listening to records, mom, Duke, no, she... No, honestly, prior to that, so I'm first generation American. Like, my parents didn't really, so my story is unique because I didn't grow up, like, listening to music. I didn't really grow up with, like, the musical influence that probably most people who have, oh, like, shit. the American experience that. do because my parents wasn't on that. Like, my parents is from Haiti. Like, they was on some, like, come to America, like, get a job, like... Kids is gonna be doctors, lawyers, you know, you know, foreign. Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. We call it foreigner shit, but you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> nah, that's, that's real shit. That's kind of what it was. Like, my real first introduction to music was one listening to the radio in the backseat of the car. Like, I remember the first song I ever remembered was like Ace of Base. I saw the signs. I saw that was my shit. Classic. Like, I used to be, me and my brother used to in the backseat <laughs> all the way to school. My pops would bring us to school, and that like you know we would just listen to the Kiss One Hundred Eight. It was like a pop station, so I didn't even really you know I mean, everything that I was consuming or I would hear would literally be on that fifteen minute ride to school, and like I just remember how much impact melodies had on me at the time. Word. So anything that stuck with me was like melodic. And that was that was really my first introduction to music until my cousin really started to do his thing with the DJ shit. Like, so y- y'all didn't you didn't go like the, back to Haiti for like any of the summers? Or? Yeah. So uh, when I didn't go to New York, your ass was going somewhere in the summer. Option A, Brooklyn. <clears throat> uh, you know what I'm saying? Brooklyn to the Bronx. We you know back and forth. And then option B was Haiti. Um, but. Me and my brother was never really trying to do that because it's like, yo, Haiti was, you know, it's a third world country. It's rough. It's like, yeah. we was already kind of Americanized because we obviously were born here. So, like, that, like the whole no hot water wave, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like nah, power, power cuts off at 8 p.m. You know what I'm saying? Like, we wasn't really trying to do that. Like, but, you know, we would have to go there every couple of summers. Like, every third summer, it's like, nah, y'all going to Haiti. I don't care. Like, we're not doing Brooklyn. Like, that's dead. Going to Haiti. It is what it is. Uh, but I look back now and I, I got to participate in some like ill historical moments Where? in the country, in the culture. Like we do this shit called carnival. Talk about it. And I was there for one of the biggest in 98, one of the biggest carnivals 80, Hades ever had. I was like a teenager, like right in the mix of that, like in the heyday of carnival. Damn. Since so I look back and that was like another dope musical experience for me. You know what I'm saying? But still, I never knew like. As I kind of grew up and I got to this point, now I look back. I'm like, damn, I can't believe I was there for that. That's crazy. Was it? Uh, was there any musical guests that you remember, or even uh, another question would be like, who is like a uh, big ha- Haiti or Haitian artist? Uh, Sweet Mickey, right? Because I can't really think. Like, I know, I know, I know the Jamaicans, you know, know, and then yeah, it's such a big separation between like the, like I think, on, on like an American level, commercially, like. The most prominent Caribbean music is gonna be Jamaican music. Right, right, right. right now, Afrobeats is kind of having a moment. Yeah, but it but took a minute for Afrobeats though. Oh, it took a minute. Afrobeats pretty much to me, Afrobeats just replaced 
what dance hall was mm. to the American culture mm. in like 99 to 2007, 6. Because if you remember, like, reggae was on the radio. You couldn't Bro. go to nowhere without hearing at least one Sean Paul record. <laughs> Sean Paul was going crazy. Sean Paul was going crazy. Welcome to Jam Rock was going crazy. Elephant Man was going Elephant crazy. Elephant Man was going crazy. Yeah, it, was, it was like everybody... I mean, Sean Paul got a record with Beyonce. So I just let you know what it was at yeah. that time. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for the Haitian music, though, it's never really translated over like Jamaican music has for real. But we, we've got some big Haitian artists. Like, Sweet Miki was one of the biggest. He ended up actually being, coming the president of Haiti because he was so big as a musician, so popular as a musician. What? Retired as a I musician. And became uh, the Haitian president. You know what I'm saying? He actually beat Clef in that race. Oh, he went against Clef. Went against Clef and won. The Clef is, Clef is probably the most famous Haitian. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't do Haitian music. Nah, he, he did. He was music. definitely uh very Americanized with yeah, the. But I gotta give him his props because yo, like people don't know what it's like to have that Haitian experience, and it was rough until the Fuji's popped. It was rough. Where my mentor that you know the reason the whole reason I do podcasts is Combat Jack Reggie Osei. Oh yeah. You know I always talk Shout about out to him. Combat Jack man. Yeah God bless man. Him. Um, rest in peace. Rest in peace of course. Um, he uh, you know he was Haitian. Yeah, yeah of course. So yeah, you know he yeah, always yeah, rep. Yeah, yeah. Always I, I came across Combat Jack a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Cross paths like early in the podcast. Game, yeah right? yeah. But we didn't know what podcast was going to develop into absolutely wave, man so you know yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, listening to him and building with him I was, he always talked about this Haitian shit so yeah. that's crazy so how did you end up in Ohio so randomly <clears throat> um, two things happened I started to move around with Mario travel I mean we can get into that story but so I started to move around with Mario and I was starting to travel a lot and I wasn't really spending a lot of time in Boston I was in and out like um, I came to visit, and honestly, I just thought it was a dope city. Like the so, wait, I, I want to make sure I'm clear. You were already DJing when you moved here, like yeah. You, were, I mean, like you yeah. were already traveling with Mario and yep. doing this. Yep. Oh, okay, I didn't know that part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll get, we'll get back so, to that. Yeah, I mean, so you know what? Let's 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 do timeline. So, yeah, let's let's follow the timeline. So I, that's interesting. I, I didn't grew know up that. in I grew up in Mass, obviously, like I said, Lynn. Uh, a lot of time in Brooklyn. Brooklyn really shaped me musically um, in the Bronx because you know I'm, I'm growing up. I'm leaving this little small town in Lynn, and I'm going to New York and the you mecca. Already, you, you already know, like when you in New York, it's hot ninety seven. Like we talking like when hot ninety seven was, was hot, hot ninety seven. Yeah. Like now, every city in America got a hip hop station that is where hip hop lives. Nah, how it really shaped me, you know, um, just getting tapes. Like, yeah. the tapes would be a summer old. It would be, you know, a 4th of July mix. Yep, yep. That's two years old. That sounded amazing. Yeah. You know, so. So I was lucky enough to be in New York City during that time period in the summertime where Hot 97 was rocking. Like, and that was my experience, just being outside. Someone got the boombox going crazy, flex on there, being, you know, flexing. <laughs> <laughs> doing what he do, flex Hogan. Doing what he do. And then on the other side of it, obviously I'm in Brooklyn, Flatbush, so it's like super Caribbean. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm listening to like Stone Love, Addies. These are called, these are sound systems, some of the, the biggest sound systems in the world. Like I'm listening to that. So I'm getting that, like I'm going back to where I came from. And I'm like, I'm just, I got all this, this, this music bottled up and all this energy from that bottled up. 
and uh, I mean, long story short, as like well, so once I translate into like the DJ part of my life, like yeah, that's my foundation. Even though I didn't know it at the time, that's my foundation. Like as soon as I like so DJing came supernatural to me. Like so, my first experience with actually touching equipment was. My cousin's down in the basement, like I said. Mm-hmm. We got some shorties there. It's one joint that I'm really... You know, I'm <laughs> really, like, really? I'm, I'm 14, but I feel like this could be me. So yeah, I'm really... I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking my jazz. Like, yeah, he on the set. I challenge him. Like, yo, what y'all, man? You ain't doing nothing that can't be done. He like, man, it's like... You know, because I didn't realize it was a talent at the time. He's like, yeah. you can't do this. It's like, yo, step aside. Yeah, ain't, ain't, ain't no Serratos. Hey, oh, this we talking, we talking. We're not this even vinyl. Not even twelve forty-five. Oh yeah, yeah. This is a whole different. So I bag. jump on the joint. He he was you know in the middle, in the middle of, in, in in reggae. They call it juggling, right? So he's mm. juggling joints. Yo, chop. So I jump on, put the headphones on. I, you know, I threw the needle on the record, <laughs> fumbled a little bit, cleaned it up, cleaned it up, and I literally just I did exactly what he did, and I remember everyone in the room just was like. Because there's like probably 10 people there. They're all like, yo, what? <laughs> and my cousin was even like, yo. He like, how? Wow. Like, even now, you playing with my shit? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> like, Definitely. This is my first time that I ever touched any equipment, ever <laughs> DJed anything. But I realized in that moment, like when I was listening to the record in the, in the headphones and I'm trying to like cue it up, I had been mixing records in my mind. For dumb long, for, <laughs> since, since Ace of Base, yo, for, since Ace of Base, I saw the sign. I was like, I was already mixing joints in my mind, so I just took what I thought it should be in my mind, yeah, and it just translated like just like that. And that was my first time I ever touched records or anything. I did it that one time, and I went right back to basketball guy, and I didn't touch turntables or records or equipment for. Probably seven, six years. Word. Seven, six years. I never touched. I never did. I didn't do it again. I remember my cousin, like, you know, and then still I'm watching him do his thing. Everything's given, right? They would, like, him and my older cousin, they would be in the living room, bring the 45, bring the the, the, the 12s upstairs. Uh, yeah. have one 1200, <laughs> and they'd be battling with records. And I would just be there just, like, like just consuming it. Because now at this point, I'm familiar with the music because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm coming of age. Yeah, I'm outside, outside a little I'm going, bit. I'm going to little parties. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so they doing their thing, they battling. I was just like, I at that point, I was in love with it, but I was still wasn't doing it. But as a, like, you know, as a spectator, I was like, yo, that's ill. They battling. Like, I'm just the other feeling like, yo, oh, he's killing you. I'm just, and I, and I, I loved it. So I think that was one of the benefits for me. It's like I loved it before I ever got into it. Mm. So when I got into it, I just, yo, I was like. I was like four or five hours a day nonstop. Like, yo, where you at? I'm at the crib in my room. Getting busy. Turntables on an ironing board. This is what it is. Like, I'm just I'm just rocking and my boys was just like, yo. So did your cousin like give you tables or how did you get your first how did you get your first piece of equipment? That's yours. So so <clears throat> now we go back into the story, right? So I had the twelve hundreds on some like borrow. Really wasn't supposed to set them up, just hold it down. Mm-hmm. So then I forget what happened, but the equipment had to go to New York. So I ended up bringing it to, I think, to like his boy in New York, whatever, because I had to go pick it up from like one of his other people's basements that had flooded. So I bring the equipment. So now I, I you know, I lose my little groove because I had, I, I had 1200s, like the joints. So now I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? So I kept some records. And my mans was like, yo, we should do some parties. I was like, all right, bet, let me figure it out. So I ended up going to, I ended up going to Guitar Center, bro, and buying a Newmark 
belt drive. Oh my god. Belt drive. All in one. Three ninety nine. <laughs> you know if I've it heard comes, so many stories about belt drive. You know if it comes all together, it's not a go. Like <laughs> not it that. had two turntables and the mixer for three ninety nine. So I went and bought that. You thought you was doing something too, didn't you? I thought I came up. I was like, yo, three ninety nine, this is like all good. This is lit. <laughs> my my boy when I tell you I tried to do DJ with that and it was not a go. Cause if you if you know anything, let's get let's get nerdy technical. Let's talk about it. That's what that we're here for. Belt drive is not the move. <laughs> like when you try to spin that back, it's literally a belt that's making the turntable move. Yeah, right. Yeah, so like yeah. now the belt has to like wind up. So I would like bring it back, and it would take long to start spinning back to the regular speed. I'm like, what? That's slow. Oh, I couldn't figure it out because I didn't like I wasn't technical at the time, so I didn't know. I'm like. Why this ain't doing what the 1200 is doing? Like, this is not. <laughs> and they were made out of plastic. So, like, any little vibration of the needles jumping. Mad jumpy. Was, bro, it was bad. You yeah, know, you no, got got. Oh, I got vibrated. <laughs> and I remember the homies was like, because you know that when I had the little 1200s, I was doing my little thing in the crib. They was like, okay, yeah, we might be on to something. That new mark had them like, yo, all right, man, we need to get back. Yeah, yo, yeah. so when's your ankle going to be fixed so we can see what's up with, you know what I mean? Like, maybe we can get you overseas. Because like, this DJ shit ain't going to be it, man. You're going to go hoop, nigga? Yeah, like, let's yeah, go hoop. Man, what are we doing? Like, but yeah, so that was my that was my first equipment that I bought was those, that new mark, man, little all-in-one. And then from there, honestly, I just, I kept trying to figure it out as far as equipment. Until I got back to the 1200s, like I bought some other joint. I remember, like, like that was right around the time where shit started to get digital. So now yeah. it came out with like the some other joint that was like a CD. You could put the CD in. Yeah, the, the CDJs. Like but... No, the top of it was still like a turntable because Serato had just came out. Okay, yeah. Right? So I'm trying to now figure out like who am I gonna be like? Because I have all these records. But they're all reggae records, cause obviously I got them from my cousin, and I was in my reggae bag. So I'm going to Brooklyn, I'm buying reggae records. I'm in the reggae joint, but obviously I'm in college, and you know I'm, I'm like in the city, city now. So now it's like, all right, we kind where'd of you go to college at? Uh, Bay State. Bay State, cause it's like back, it's like North End, Boston. Oh, okay, okay. So it's okay. like Bay State, Emerson College. Okay, uh, okay, okay. What okay. else is over? There? I mean, all of them schools is right. They like BU down the street. BC up the street, yeah, like yeah, Harvard yeah. is right there, like right outside of like like that little Cambridge area, but like like that first area. Of Shout out to Patrick Ewan, Shout Cambridge. To Patrick Ewan. Yeah, <laughs> man. So we we you know what I mean like that's that's kind of what it was. I was kind of figuring out my equipment, and yeah, it took me a minute, but eventually I got back to the twelve hundreds, and yeah, man, the rest is history. So you you telling me like from the time you first touch your your cousin's forty fives playing around. You didn't get back on the tables till college. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was, it was mad long. because oh, I, I wasn't. I wasn't a DJ. I was. I was a basketball player. Like mm. my life revolved around basketball. That was. That was my shit. That was my shit. Like I didn't really. Music wasn't really. I loved it because I like I said I'm having these experiences. I'm in Brooklyn. I. Ill bad boy fanatic. We'll talk about that later. I had yeah. a bad boy chain the whole nine. It was crazy. <laughs> In my mind, I was signed to Bad Boy and I was signed to Ruckus at the same time. I had a Bad Boy chain. You couldn't tell me that I wasn't with the team. I was Bad Boy. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the love for music was there, but, like, my true, true love was basketball. Like, that's what I was doing. That's what I was on until, like I said, music, the the DJ kind of came back to me when my boy was like, yo, we should do parties. 
like and you know this is again after i've already had the equipment in my crib and i was kind of messing around with it lost the good equipment had to buy some bullshit yeah and then you know it just it literally was like yo we should do parties uh and what kind of happened was the scene like we you know it's college you like you know the first year in a mix you're going crazy yeah it's heavy Second year, you know, you start to kind of now it's kind of a little bit more college parties instead of going out. Like we bring having people come to the dorm and kick it. So we're like, oh, we just we just gonna create the vibe. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, so yeah, I got one basketball question for you though. Yeah. Were you a Dana Burroughs fan? Ooh, Dana Burroughs. Nah, not really. I didn't really. I think that was like. I mean, he was like a Boston legend. So. Uh, I mean, in the time that I was growing growing up, I kind of. Scooney Penn fan? Scooney Penn. Yo, so crazy. Me, <laughs> me and Scooney Penn lived in the same building. What? Yeah, yeah. Scooney Penn, <laughs> like, like, Dwayne, Nelly. Like, this is like, this is like my family. Like, I grew up with them, like, oh, shit. which is crazy because they live in Ohio now. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I grew up with them since, so I, I ended up, uh, my aunt lived in Salem. And I had to go spend some time with my aunt. I lived in Salem. I was wilding out in school. My mom was <laughs> oh, going to Salem. That shit. So I moved to Salem, and I and I was used to go to school with Scooney's little brother, Dwayne. Like him and him and my cousin Jerry, them is like best friends. Like that's who I grew up with. Like, and it's crazy because I didn't even know Scooney was a hooper. I Absolute even, dog. I didn't even know. I knew Scooney as like this is a nigga across the street. That's that's you know Nelly and, and my man's older brother. Like <laughs> random story. Scooney was like. Like, he was just into so much shit. Like, Scooney was like, one day was driving my school bus one time. Like, what? Oh, like, shit. Get on the school bus. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, like what's Scooney? What you doing? Like, but yeah, he, and I didn't even know who Scooney was until I, like, low key came here. Like, oh shit, Scooney's like a legend out here? Like, legend. Like, what's going on? Like, absolutely. I, I didn't, he was so much older than us. I didn't yeah, get to yeah, really yeah, see yeah. him on his basketball shit because we was little kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like his absolute his, his probably his brother and them knew like, but I didn't really I didn't get to see him when I when when by the time I started really getting in the hoop, he was already gone. I think he was already probably second year in OSU, and I'm not even paying attention to college because I'm just you know, I'm on my own little shit. Yeah. So you in college now? You you get your equipment up. What was the first party you remember where you rock like really got busy and you knew? Like yeah, yo. So, basement party. You know all you know. Got to. Got to be a basement party. So it's an East Coast thing. Now this is still before good equipment, right? So got these. I forget what they was. Man, I want to say there was some other. There might have been some Pioneer turntables, like the first digital Pioneer joints. They were supposed to be the the joints. Man, one turntable just died. I've heard mad horror stories about that. Straight, and this was like, yo, this was the, the top of the line at the time. Like, the turntable died. So I'm rocking the party, the turntable dies. It's records, by the way. So now my man's like, yo, what's going on? We trying to figure it out. It's lit. I'm talking about parties going crazy. We're talking heyday of reggae. Everybody's on the wall with something on them, sweating. <laughs> it's a movie. Like, it's, it's Just going give it a crazy. It's going crazy. Going crazy. Bro, I had to DJ with one turntable. The whole night? For like an hour and 40 minutes. Oh, shit. This is like, I'm halfway through the party. Turntable dies. One turntable, the mic. That's when I, that's, I think, the moment that I realized, like, like, in hindsight, like, damn, I I might I might have something. Like, because I literally, and when we're talking reggae, you know reggae is rhythm. So it's like, yeah. you got to play four or five songs in that rhythm. Yeah. Switch it out, transition to another joint. So I'm playing these songs one by one, 
and I'm having to talk my way through the mix because I can't just I can't mix. Yeah, no, can't, this is yeah. not Serato where you can instant double. We're yeah. talking records, and it's got to be fast because you know, like I'm talking, woo, woo, boom, drop the joint. So like I really did that for an hour and forty five minutes, and like it didn't even feel crazy. Like I remember afterwards, my man was like, "Yo." Bro, do you know what you just did right now? <laughs> you like, man, I was just playing records. Like, we just, I was just, ha- yo, I was in the moment. That's like, I was literally in the moment having the, the fucking time of my life. And like that, from that day forward, I think like people who were there, like, said, oh shit, this, this, he's a DJ. Right. And like, I start literally like, from that point, like, I started getting booked for just mad stuff. Like it just, from there it just went, it took off. Like, Yeah, so like, so your name basically started ringing around campus, like, you need a DJ? Um, so, I wouldn't even say campus, because, like, the college scene was cool, but Boston is so big yeah, that it makes everything seem small. Like, you see out yeah. here, like, everything seems big. Yeah. Because it's such a, it's, it's just a big city. It's, but a, it's, it's just, a tight knit. This is not yeah. a big city. Like, we talking Boston, we talking 10 million. Yeah, <laughs> right. Columbus is all. It, Columbus is like a big city, but it smells like it feels like a small town. It feels like a small town. Yeah, yeah. So I would like the costume was cool, but I really started to make my wave like doing like private parties, basement shit, and then from there it kind of ballooned back up to getting booked to do like official college parties. Like, bro, I did a party that made allhiphop.com. <laughs> I used to go to allhiphop.com every single day, bro. I even did the rumor section on yeah. allhiphop.com. <laughs> so one of my one of the, one of my legends is we did a party at Harvard, and it was so lit, people was climbing through the window. Fire department, police had to come oh, shut the party shit. down. Next day. All hiphop.com does an ill story like, yo, niggas do a party at Harvard. It was out of control. <laughs> niggas was jumping through the window. Hip hop has gone too far. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So all that money up there, I know they was like, yo. It was like, mm. never again. Like, y'all have gone too far. And I'm thinking to myself, like, yo, that's crazy. This shit's on the news. <laughs> but yeah, we just started doing, like, I started doing college parties. We were doing, like, BU, BC. You know, like, when they have, like, their, um, they little joints. Yeah. Two, 3,000 people. Killing it. Killing it, man. And then from there, me and my team, I, I, I got down with this team called SWAT Team, and we started doing our own shit. Mm. We started doing our own Your parties. parties. Yeah, it's like, bro. Why not? Why, we, getting, <laughs> we getting two, 3,000, max out 4,000 to do a party. Bro, our first party, we made 25 grand. Yeah, Fart yeah. Out the gate. Like, oh, shit, we, this is easy. We just... We never yeah, doing- got a built-in DJ. Like, y'all was probably all cool. Yeah, all y'all promoted. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, it was a group of DJs, so it was like, yo. Oh like, shit! That was the SWAT team. Was like basically it was like our own version of a sound, you know. Uh, but but it was a little bit more Americanized, where we was kind of more business oriented. Like everybody, like you know, there was a lot of members of the team. But yeah. There was three DJs. The other two other guys only handled marketing, promotion, and really you know getting gigs and all that. And that, yo, we just was rocking and rolling, man. We created this party called the Naked Affair. What? Crazy. It was like I be seeing people doing parties now called anything but clothes. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever. Yo, bro, that we, was the first. We pioneered this shit. <laughs> pioneered. I'm, just, I'm not capping. I'm not trying to knock no one's hustle. This is 15 years ago. Like, party called The Naked Affair. And I remember everybody was like, oh, y'all bugging. Like, hey, yo, what are y'all thinking? 
Like, cause you know, it was, it was at a time where yeah, shit was prerog- prerogative, but it wasn't crazy. You had like yeah, it was a time where like you had to be PC about shit, and yes. then shit opened up and everything got wild. But it was a time where yeah, yeah, this was you right, know. this was around that time. So we did that party, and I remember even we was shocked. Like, okay, girls was really doing this. Like, I remember one chick came, her whole body was painted, like ill artistic shit. She painted all her private parts. Mm-hmm. And like so, we used to do another. You know, we used to basically whoever got the best idea or concept, we're gonna give you like a thousand dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, everyone's coming trying to get this thousand. That was the marketing scheme. Like, needed it. Oh, needed it. Come and get this thousand. Like four or five thousand people show up to try to win a thousand. Three thousand of them is chicks, but they want that thousand. And we was just we was killing it, man. It was it was great. And then that transitioned into doing clubs naturally you know natural progression like yeah it's like, all right cool we can't just do rent out the little van little hall and do a party so i end up starting what was the uh what was the popping club in boston is there uh, is there what, like a legendary one like roxy roxy yeah so okay. i think night of the roxy is based on oh that, where that club in boston. oh okay okay yeah, night of the, so the roxy was legendary um Shout out to uh, you know Static Select of course, of course. So so that's another. So when I look back, like I had all these influences, but I didn't even realize it until I got really in depth into the game and looked back. Like yo, like I remember, wherever Static Selector was at, we was there. Like Static was the guy. It's like yo, Static's playing, we in there because yeah. we know it's about to be a movie. And Static was you know he was super plug. I'm talking Ja Rule's coming through. Yeah, Static like, Static was really like. The big name from Boston for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and, besides, and, Ed, like, Edo G. The and, crazy and, part is, so, me being there in that environment, I didn't even know Static was that nigga. No idea. He's just the nigga who DJ at the club that we go to on Thursday. Like, oh, shit. Literally, I, like, years later, I'm like, oh, shit, this nigga Static is ill. But yeah. at, at that time, like, he's just a DJ at the club. He's super cool. He's like, this is the nigga who DJ at the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting it rocking. We in here with the 151 fucking drinking and having a blast. <laughs> Y'all was bugging off the all 151. Of a sudden, but but then, I, then, I, then all of a sudden, Ja Rule showed up like, damn, this nigga Ja Rule. And this is when Ja Rule pull up to the club and like you start like I'm looking back now now that I'm in the game this nigga had everybody come through literally and whoever was lit they was coming to the club because fuck with static but that was just you know what I'm saying and him and this other DJ called Master Millions that was like my first DJ influence that that nigga used to just man the way he rock a party was just ill did you have a uh, residency in in any clubs uh, I had a, yeah, I had a couple. I had a couple joints. Uh, Boston's like a, it's a so when you talk about like how did I end up leaving and moving somewhere mm-hmm. else, it's a weird play. It's dope, but it, you know it got it got its flaws. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? Like it's super <laughs> political. Yeah. Super. I mean, it's, I'm, I hate to say it, I don't know who's listening. I don't know if they <laughs> they tapped in on us, but it's still a little you know racist. Like, yeah. All the. Hip hop clubs. They, they love Bill Russell, but they they still hate us. That, I mean, you heard, you know you know the story. Like Bill Russell come off the road and somebody went in his house and feces everywhere. Yeah, just to let you and he the he bring championships to the town. Yes, yeah, so just let you know like what the vibe is like. So I had a couple of residencies, but all the clubs were owned by you know not us. If I could say absolutely he, super PC, <laughs> absolutely. And the vibe of the city was like like yo. So for example, I, I had a Saturday night rocket. If I show up to that club on a Friday because I ain't nowhere and I just want to come kick it, them niggas is looking at me like, yo, who are you? What you doing here? Like, 
bro. Right. I, I got this shit moving on Saturday. <laughs> I'm the reason you're making money. Yo, them niggas <laughs> like, yo, what you what you want? Like, and they treated everybody like that. It's just you know, it's kind of a, you know, it 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 was a weird weird environment, and that never felt right to me. But I, you mm. know, I was young. I was coming up. Yeah. I thought that's just that. Paying cool. dues. Paying dues. Like, All right, cool. That's how it is. I guess I'm not hot enough. Them niggas ain't, you know what I'm saying? But they was treating every. I, come to find out, they was treating everybody like that. And that was just the, somewhat of the vibe of the city of Boston. Yeah. And when you go outside of Boston, there's other little, like, there's a city called Lawrence. It's one of the illest cities in America. Shit is straight. Dominican. Everything is Spanish. They own everything. <laughs> they run everything. It's they shit. Like, when you go to Domino's, Spanish niggas own Domino's. Nigga, that's some, wild. It ain't some white guy who own Domino's. It's Spanish <laughs> niggas who own... But all their clubs is straight Latin, popping, mm-hmm. all owned by Latin people. They, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The Latin DJs, is, they support them, show them super love. So, yeah. like, you got, when, you got to, when you go to those cities, it's a vibe. But, like, the actual city of Boston, it's, it's, it's I mean, it's a weird spot. So, wh- where, where did the Mario connection come in? So the Mario joint happened because, you know, natural progression. I'm heating up. I was doing mixtapes. I did a mixtape, and I think we did, like, 15,000 copies. Oh, shit. Joint. This nigga we famous. We went, we went bad <laughs> with the mixtape. Like, but, I mean, the numbers is there to be able to do that. But, yeah, we yeah. did, like, 15,000 on this mixtape. And I randomly, I'm in the club. Artists start coming through because now I got the, you know, I got the hot spot. I'm, I'm, I'm not static, but I got the hot spot. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Niggas is coming through the club. Promoters are bringing people to the club. Mario came to the club one time, and uh, I remember his manager, she was just rocking, 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 and I'm, like, talking, and I'm playing my job, and she just turned around, like, oh, shit, like, you know, something clicked. Yeah. And she kind of came over, she's like, yo, you DJ Vicious? I was like, yeah. She's like, yo, I was just listening to your, your CD in the car. That's just fire. I was like, where? She's like, yeah, she's like, yo, let me get your number, woo, woo. I was like, all right, that's so I gave her my number. Not, like, I don't even know, like, at this point, I don't even know, like, what a tour DJ is, yeah, what just, being somebody's DJ is. I'm just in my bag. I'm I'm DJing four nights a week. I'm doing all kinds of fucking in stores and just I'm just rocking yeah, and rolling, just doing what you do. I'm doing what I do. She's like, yo, your CD's dope. I just I was I actually told the promoter, let me have it, whatever. And I was like, oh, that's what's up. Cool, cool. Appreciate it. Gave her my number, whatever. So then fast forward, I end up going to Haiti, like the next week. So I'm in Haiti, whatever. My brother hits me like, yo. Nigga, you gotta come back. I'm like, nigga, I'm in Haiti. <laughs> like, like, like I'm not around the corner. Yeah, like, nigga, I'm in, like, you already know, like, niggas had a, a return ticket for a specific day. He's like, yo, Mario's manager's looking for you. I'm like, for what? He's like, yo, nigga, like, she's looking for you. They trying to, they trying to work. I'm like, alright. Alright. In my head, I'm like, Nigga, I'm not a producer. Like, I don't know, like, what the fuck? Ain't got like, no beats for this nigga. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm ain't like, right, ain't right. What do you mean? Like, so, long story short, I get I, back. I write, write these records, nigga. As soon as I get back, I check my email. She had emailed me a couple times and hit me like, yo, like, we're trying to see, like, if you're interested in working with us. I was like, oh, shit, all right. So, I hit her up. Hit her up on a Friday. She's like, yo, what you doing this weekend? I was like, you know, my regular shit. She's like, yo, cancel everything. I got, like, yo, send me your name, your information. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna set you up for something. Like, whoa. Yeah, slow down, Shorty. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, what's, what's going on? So anyway, I, you know, I ended up I'm still from the hood. Yeah, I'm like, oh, like set up. What's good? Like, so I, I I ended up sending her my information. She sent me a first class ticket to New York. Now, mind you, I've been going to New York my whole life. Yeah, I've so. never flown there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you was like New York, like I'm like. 
ticket to New York. Like, hold on. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, niggas fly to New York. Like, oh, I have to, <laughs> yo, I've been trying to suffer this whole time, this whole three and a half hour ride bugging like, us. Like, that's like flying to Cleveland. Like, nigga. Right, right, right. Exactly. But <laughs> some people do it. So long story short, um, I, she's like, yo, come to New York. We got the show. We want you to come rock with us. So in my head, I'm still not really knowing, like, okay, what? What? Like, you want me to DJ? Yeah, like, like, I'm like, what? All right, what's going to happen? Like, cool. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> so I get there, have a little meeting. She's like, yo, boom, here's the tracks. You're going to play the joints? I'm like, oh, I'm playing the joints. All right, I'm playing the joints. All right. It's New York City. It's Central Park. Oh, shit. It's $25,000. <laughs> You weren't ready. I wasn't ready. You weren't ready. It's twenty five thousand. No, I'm not. It's twenty five thousand. You looking out? You looking out I, like? Yeah. I've never. I've only seen shit like this in I don't even know where. Like, yeah, it's like out, Woodstock, nigga. I look out. It's, it's just, and you know, standing only. So it's just like you can't even count people. It's just like yo, you just see endless people. Like, a lot of people. Yo, out there. What? I'm I mean, like, first thing crossed my mind. It's a lot. Nigga. I'm bad. You know, it's it. Put me up in a super dope ass hotel, car service. Like, show up to the joint. I'm walking by. I'm at the little joint getting a drink. Tamia comes up right next. Hey, what's up? How you doing? I look over. It's Tamia. Like, oh shit. Like, you're Tamia. Like, yo, what's, like, yo, what's up? Like, it's like, who? Are, it's, it was just so many people there. It was a fab. It's it's lit. I'm like. I feel like I was in a music video. Like, hold on, what the, what's going on here? Like, we just did that show, man, and it's, man, here we are. We almost fourteen years later, rocking. Where? So yeah, let's 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 get into some uh, some questions, man. Some tour questions. What what equipment do you take on the road with you? Because like, in my mind, carrying twelves, carrying mixers. On a plane, they worry about your shit getting lost. Like, dog, this is the big leagues, my brother. I got <laughs> so please tell you me know, what's you know, it like for a tour so, DJ. So funny story, right? So now, as I, you know, that's my first show. I show up, and I think I did tell her. So you know, on a show like that, there's a, you know, there's four or five DJs probably. So everything's already set up. You just kind of you show up. You're like, oh, boom. Just you know, it's early too, by the way. So I just jump on there. Oh, yeah, I could use this. I plug up. I do my thing because this is like early Serato. Yeah. Um, so fast forward to like you know once we really start rocking, like you know we start communicating. Like yo, um, send me your writer. What? What's a writer? <laughs> <laughs> like, my writer, like, what? what are you, I'm like, yo, like, there was no tour DJ one on one. I just had to basically learn on the fly because obviously he had already been working with some DJ Active. Like, shout okay, out, yeah, shout yeah, out I'm, to I'm DJ I'm active, active, super legend, dope ass DJ, incredible. Um, so you know that like the precedent's already set. Like, yo, we we know it's professional. Like, yeah. this is the big leagues. So I had to like, yeah, it was like, yo, send me a writer. So I'm like, yo fuck is a writer start googling shit like <laughs> start like come on this is early google so yeah, googling yeah. like rider motorcycles is yeah, coming yeah. up like hey ghost rider nigga what is going on so backtrack a little bit my mans that i grew up with he was he was managing clinton sparks clinton sparks get familiar get familiar and i'm gonna tell you oh the clinton God. story to me because i dj for clinton for a little bit right like and like, so I hit him like, yo, what the fuck? I'm asking, what's a rider? He's like, oh, that's like, you know, that basically 
what your equipment that you use is. I said, and what you want. I said, oh, shit, where? So now I go, I'm like, all right, bet. So I'm like limiting myself to what I know or what I use. <laughs> let, me, let me get some 12s. Let me get whatever the mixer I have. Not, not the newest shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So all right, this is what you want. All right, cool. So to answer your story, your question, wherever we go, they I basically submit a writer and they, they have to fulfill whatever that is. Ah, I love it. I love Which it. I love it. Now is my way of testing out any piece of equipment before I buy it. Because I could, whatever, as soon as it comes out, they're going to have it because they're a sound company. You know what I'm saying? So as soon as something comes out, I just go right to my writer. I update it. Boop, boop, boop. Option A, option B, option C. And they got to provide me all three of these options. And I have to decide which one I want to use. So that's my way of literally like testing equipment. Like, so when I want to test something before I get it, I put it on my rider. So like, say for example, like you know, A Track put out that new Rain, yeah, um, mixer. Uh, I think it's the seventy two. Yeah. Like, so you could just be like, just put it right on the rider. <laughs> I show up, like yo, y'all got that seventy two? Like, yeah, it's right here. <laughs> and, oh shit. Which, which is pretty dope. Um, I mean, I think once upon a time, DJs that were touring had to bring equipment yeah but with the emergence of like sound companies and all this yeah, shit, yeah, like, yeah yeah you just we show up it's like everything we need to perform that's part of the contractual agreement like you have to provide us whatever that is so sure. yeah it's 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 a blessing so for you particular how do you feel about rocking on 12s and rocking on a controller Ooh, like and be honest like because I mean, do you ask everybody this question? I ask everybody this right, question. Cool. So if I go back, everybody go. <laughs> Literally, I so ask. I, this is a standard question. When I get on my Needle answer, I don't want to look crazy. <laughs> no, this is a standard I, question on Needle I to the I should have listened to what O said, man. Shout <laughs> out to my brother O Shop. I love you, my dog. So look, quick story about O. Love O. You know, O's a of course, 1200 right guy. Yeah. So I have this little controller yeah, and yeah. I let him use it one night because he was just like, yo, I just want to see. Yeah. He gave that shit back so fast. Yeah. <laughs> he, the only compliment he said to me, he was like, shit, that was the quickest I ever packed up my gear. Yo, listen, man. <laughs> me and IQ, shout out to my brother IQ. Shout out to IQ. Brother. Shout out to all the DJs, whatever DJs tuned in and listening. Oh, they all gonna listen. Shout out to all the DJs, man. You know it's nothing but love. The one thing I can say about Columbus, uh, when I moved here, like, yo, a lot of people embraced me. A lot of people showed me love. Like, I consider some of the DJs here my OGs, and I didn't even really, really grow up with them like that because of the love they showed me. Like, oh, Rich, yeah. Cree, you know what I'm saying? Drew, like, shout out to all the Bug. Yeah. I mean, everybody. Shout out to everybody, all the DJs, man. Like, Columbus definitely, we be competitive, and, you know, we crack jokes, but yeah. it's a lot of love in this DJ community, and that's something that has always stood out to me, so I definitely got to shout it out. Yeah. But back to the, to the equipment. <laughs> I don't want to like talk bad about bro controllers. And we not doing that PC shit right now. We we this is me, dog. Like you gotta think, bro. I came up under a DJ crew and I didn't DJ, nigga. Yeah, like yeah. I carry crates in the club, so niggas know how I get down. So my my real true feelings is fuck the controllers. <laughs> I love it. I love be it. honest, I love, it. I love it. And here's why. <laughs> this nigga's right? funny. So so, O made a great point. The illest shit about a controller is the six minutes it takes to get that bitch out the club and go home. <laughs> like, let's just keep it a buck. Like, yeah. that six minutes it takes you to unplug the fucking wires and stick that piece of shit in the bag, that's, that's as good as it gets. You know oh, what I'm saying? Shit. Like, but no, I mean, all jokes aside, me, I'm you. going 1200s because of two reasons. 
and one of them is super deep in 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 fucking philo- philo- what is that? What's the word? Philosophical. I can't even say it. <laughs> philosophical. Philosophical. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the controller is like a singer using auto tune. I like I like it. I like it. Nigga, you can't sing. So now, I and I say that, and there obviously are some ill DJs who can get a controller and get busy. And, and get busy. But the problem with the controller is the DJs who can't, they're it's auto tune. Like like Chris Brown can sing. Yeah. But he jump on a joint, do some auto tune. It's dope. Yeah. It's a different sound. But the nigga can sing. Yeah. Now there are some niggas who cannot sing, and because the control, because of the auto tune, they got the they, buttons. They out here living, just like with the controllers. There's niggas who cannot DJ for real, and the controller allows them to. So what that does on the, you know, the fucking deep going deep deep is no. That's what we here for. Fucks up the game, right? It's like put it like this. I'm a basketball guy, so I'm gonna make a basketball analogy. To me, the controller is the equivalent of someone creating an arm sleeve that makes sure that your arm is in the perfect form to shoot. <laughs> yes. Right? Nigga, you ain't Steph Curry. Yeah. <laughs> but you can get up there and because you have this arm sleeve that someone created that keeps your shit tight I love it. and hit mad shots. I'm with you. Now, is that... Can Would you say that person should be in the record books with Steph Curry if he makes the same amount of shots? In your, percep- in your perspective? Nah. So this is this is my this is my take on it. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I, know I, and I and I'm interested to know because obviously you're yeah, using controller. I have a controller, yeah. right? Um, but you was there at the live show. Dame had his tables. Yeah. The difference in skill mm-hmm. to spin on a controller and spin on turntables is. It's so it's so different, bro. It's Steph Curry as a natural shooter <laughs> and a nigga with an arm sleeve that it's keeps so his different. shit in a certain form. Now I will say, with me having a controller and me practicing for you know how long I've been practicing with it, I fucking enjoy it. Yeah. It's easy for me. Yeah. It's 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 a right hand layup, bro. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I so I feel like I feel like DJs like you like because oh oh say the same thing like I always. You know, if I get in a rut or something, I'll hit O and he'd be like, come touch these tables. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. feel the difference trying to play vinyl, bringing it back and scratching. Like, it's it's completely different. Yeah. But I don't knock controllers, man. I think if you're a good DJ, if you're a good DJ and you have a controller, yeah. then your job is to to kill. Yeah. To kill because you're already a good DJ and a controller makes it a little bit easier. No, it doesn't. You don't think so? No. Okay. I'm I'm not good on controllers because it's simulation. You know what I'm saying? Like it'll it'll be like if you put the sleeve on Steph Curry's arm, he's one of the best shooters in the world. He don't need the sleeve. So when he put the sleeve on, now it's like, yo, what this shit is not right. Like this is my okay. form was already good. Now I'm like, now I have to make So which by by the way, before you go, like Yes, he can adjust to shooting with that sleeve on and probably start to make shots and be... But it's always going to feel funny to him because he already was a immaculate shooter, right? Okay. I, I'm with you. So wouldn't playing Serratos be that way too? And That's like a cheat code instead of playing vinyl because... 
Yes and no. So because vinyl is difficult. Okay, but here's the thing about Serato. When you're playing Serato on 1200s, you are still using vinyl, right? So for years, I funny story, for years, I used to DJ in absolute mode, right? And I'll never forget, I'm in the club. I have a picture and I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show it to you in a minute. There's a dude behind me just watching me DJ. I'm in I'm DJing with Serato in absolute mode. He never DJed in absolute mode. He came right into the gate in relative. So for those my DJs, you already know what it is. Talk about somebody that's what we're here for. Absolute mode is the truest form of the record. So, once you're playing a record, the record has groove needle to the groove, right? Mm-hmm. Every single groove is a is a obviously part of the record. That's yeah. what that's where the music lives in those grooves. Yeah. In absolute mode, you are actually you're you're using the real grooves on that record, right? True to form. So if let's use groove, let's use a count. If one song has let's call it twenty five grooves. Yeah. Every groove on that song is a part of the song. Yeah. If I in groove one, if I in absolute mode, if I skip to groove three, I'm skipping to the third part of the song. Yeah. And relative, if I pick that needle out of that groove one and put it in groove three, it's still gonna be in the same spot. It's in the same spot on in the actual song. Yeah. Nothing changes. It just picks up right where it left off. Yeah. I because I just came on grab my Serato, started rocking. I, oh, I just was in absolute mode. So I'm really playing like I'm playing a real record. The only the only thing that Serato is technically doing for me is allowing me to have my music digitally. So, so I'm not... I'm not your case is just digital, but... Yeah, I'm not, I don't have an advantage. If I took that record off and just put the actual record, the song, the actual vinyl on there, nothing would change. It'd be the same. I would be doing the same okay. stuff. Now... <laughs> Obviously, I I have started DJing in relative mode because what was happening is if someone bumped the table, vibration from bass, yeah, it would throw the joint off. So obviously, I DJ in relative mode, and when I went back to vinyl, I very quickly realized that oh shoot, I lost a little bit of my touch because mm. now my hand now mm. let's go back to basketball, right? It's yeah. like if someone creates the the arm sling that helps your arm stay in in, in yep. the perfect form, you take the arm sling off. Little by little, like, yeah, oh, oh, he gets Alonzo Ball yeah, on this shit. This shit's <laughs> out here. You're like, whoa, because you're so used to this holding your arm in place, right? Because now you're not physically doing it. This is just holding your the little sling is holding your arm in place. When you take the sling off, your arm all of a sudden goes out. You're like, oh shit, that and it didn't do that before, right? Because it's it's natural. You're like, oh shit, yeah. the, whatever the crutch ain't there. So now you got to adjust back to having your arm in the right mm. spot. You know what I'm saying? Like, on some super technical shit. I love it. I love right? it. I mean, on some super technical shit. But, I mean, I, the thing about controllers, and I remember Go DJ High C. He's uh, Keisha Cole's DJ. Okay. I'll never forget. We was going to do a show. He showed up with the controllers. And me as a tour DJ, <laughs> shout out to the Go DJs. I judged him. I was like, this nigga got a controller? He, like, he, he. Uh, he one of the guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that nigga got up there and killed it. What a control. Violated the shit. I was looking at, I was heated. Like, what? <laughs> I was so mad. Like, oh, this nigga, because I wanted to be like, nigga. Okay, so, um, Boog has this controller where it rotates. And that shit, you know what I'm he saying? Got Pioneer Ring 1. So, you know, he let me practice on that. Yeah, um, yeah. He had an event a couple weeks ago, and he let me DJ there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that shit was that shit felt amazing, felt amazing doing yeah. that shit. Yeah. 
but I understood it. It was like an outside event. Yeah. We was out there for three, four hours. Like he like, bro, at the end of the night, like this saves my back yeah. <laughs> for packing up all this shit. So yeah. you you don't use a controller at all. So right now So like say like Saturday. Not doing it right now. <laughs> but but let me say this. Cause I don't want I'm not you know like maybe a young DJ is gonna hear this who has never used vinyl or never used well, turntables, right? Like, so they're going to be like, yo, what you mean? Like, the controller is, is, is the best shit because it's, you know, I, I, for all the reasons you name, the conveniency, yeah. it's easy. So I'm going to be very intentional this year. And, I, and me and IQ have been talking about this, like, because he just switched over to CDJs. And even CDJs I wasn't doing. Like, I IQ, was keeping CDJs? It, I was keeping it vinyl. Like, cause I was, like you. I was keeping vibe. Uh, I shouldn't. That's my bad. I blasted him. That boy's IQ, different. IQ, I'm sorry, bro. Well, everybody knows like my you get bad. busy. Every, every, oh, I fucking hey, go. He, he fucking everybody knows that. Um, he been he, dodging me. I talked to him today. This is my dog. We gonna figure it out. Listen, IQ been on the CDJs, and I never forget the first day I saw him with it. He was like, bro, I'm carrying both CDJs in one hand, in the mixer in the other. He said. He said, and I quote. One trip to the whip. <laughs> I was like, now, and for for all my DJs out there, oh shit, where I'm from, we got a term called grizzly. Grizzly is the moving, in packing and loading of the equipment. We called it grizzly. Where nobody wants to do grizzly. It's not fun. So I get it. Like so, when guys show up with the controller, I'm telling you, I'd be like, ugh. I wish like and by the way once upon a time keep in mind like the turntables used to be in a coffin with the yes. mixer it was one joint you needed two people to carry it but it was yeah. one trip and then obviously you know it got broken down in individual cases you're looking at two trips speakers three to four trips bro I mean I like I said I carry vinyl yeah. for Rich and O Ooh, I've definitely them packed up with them at the end yeah. of the night yeah. I still do it if I'm out at an event with them and I'm there late I'm not gonna just watch them back up yeah, and keep talking. Yeah. Like I'm always like, so I know that's true. At some point, I'm, I'm gonna, I am going to, eventually transition to <laughs> a controller. But for me, it's gotta be something. And like you said, the Rain One, the Revolution Seven. They yeah, are, they yeah, are yeah. now creating these controllers that are the closest you can possibly get to the vinyl in the records for people who feel, I guess, like I feel. So I'm gonna eventually go and do that and by the way for anyone who's listening i can jump on a controller and bust your ass <laughs> because i'm one of them yes but i just don't like it it don't like it's not natural to me so like when i'm trying to really move quick like when i'm trying to cue shit i i'm just not used to pushing a button like Word. like i still got my my my, I am using Phase now, so that so that has yeah yeah. I was not asked about Phase. You, phase you, you, has enabled me to kind of get out of that mindset because what I was doing before was using this shit called Needle Drop. Mm -hmm. So the Needle Drop would let me pick my cue points with the grooves. Yeah, just like I'm picking a, a you know individual songs on a on a record, whatever. So I was using that, and that that was my go-to. Like I don't know if you ever seen DJ Scratch, right? When DJ Scratch be DJing, you see how he'll pick up that that on vinyl. He'll pick up that joint and drop it right on right on the where it needs to be. I, I seen Mr. Master Ice do that shit. Needle 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 dropping. Yeah, amazing, right? Like, but to me, like, like that's the shit. That's like the dope shit about DJing. It's like, nigga, if the NBA ten years from now, no one can dunk. 
is that shit entertaining? Nope. <laughs> Come on, like, so that's why, like, like my 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 deep deep dive when it comes mm-hmm. to like control is like, bro, it is taking away from a particular skill set that is entertaining, and when you bring the entertainment value level down, everything comes down with it. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like that's that, that's why to me like. I'll sacrifice my conveniency of having to, you know, bring three joints in. The shit's heavy as fuck. Last year, I tore my rotator cuff, and I couldn't DJ because I couldn't lift the fucking shit up. Like, it was too heavy, and, you know, like, yeah, all, yeah, that motion, too much. That, all that motion was a lot. But at the same time, like, if I'm going to do a party, I don't want to cheat. The, I don't want to bring the level and the quality of what I'm giving you down. I don't want to do it. And yeah, I can do great on the controllers, but it's not the very best that I can give you. And I don't, and I I would say any DJ who's a real DJ, and I I hate to use the word real DJ because it makes it like, if you're not a real DJ, you don't need it to the groove. You can say that. As a performer, (laughs) like, I don't think you can give your 100% on the controller. You can get to like, High 80s. Maybe. <laughs> Damn. Maybe a 90. But I don't think there's any DJ in the world that's like that has had the opportunity to actually use vinyl that's going to say, yo, nah. I'm 100% giving you the exact same thing on controllers or CDJs that I give you on vinyl. I, I don't, I'll, you'd be hard pressed to find a DJ that's going to say that. Like Jazzy Jeff, The Greats. Yeah. Mixed Master Ice, Legend. Like, Ice, at some point, is going to be on here. Ask him, like, nah, you can't. The vinyl, 100%. Everything beneath that or everything outside of that, you lose percentages as far as how high you can get on your performance scale. You see what I'm saying? Like, and to me, like, that shit's important. Like, nigga, nobody want to go see Steph Curry make two shots. Mm -hmm. I want to see the nigga make 15. Absolutely. Absolutely. The controller's two shots. Alright, so you you speaking of performances, we gotta we gotta talk about it. Uh, I mean we gotta talk that about thing, it. That <laughs> I mean that war dog, like I was a war that was a slaughter to me, but yeah, that's crazy. To watch you trend was the was it was so funny and it's so surreal at the same time because it's like watching somebody you know trend. That's crazy. It's it's funny, and I'm like, because it it almost makes you seem like I'm like, oh yeah, that's my dude, but it's almost like I'm capping, like you don't know Mario's DJ, and I'm like, no, like we're really friends in real life, right? But you look kind of crazy saying that on social, but dog, like I really need your point of view on what the fuck happened in Versus and why was you talking so much shit? Yo, listen, first of all, I, so I we go back to my upbringing, right? I, I just told you, every summer I'm in Brooklyn, I'm in the Bronx with the Savages. Like, it's, you know, if and for anyone who knows what anyone from New York is like, like, yo, New York City is like number one for a lot of things. Talking shit is one of them. <laughs> like let's just keep it real New York is number one for a lot of shit talking shit is high up there on that scale Sav used to talk so much shit it's just, that's just what it is like New York like it's like, and that nigga would tell you he was from Brooklyn every, every five every, seconds every chance he gets because that means I'm something. from Brooklyn something <laughs> like I mean, Sav Sav 
I know exactly. There's a few, in your mother's house, my nigga. There's a few places in this world where you don't have to say the state; you just say the city. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn's one of them. Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. Brooklyn's one of them. It's one of those. Places. BX is another one. BX is another one. Obviously, the birthplace of hip hop, legendary. But yeah, we just—I mean, me and Mario, we be just—we clown. We be just joking and talking shit. We just—that's—that's—that's that's, that's our relationship. Like we be clowning and capping and just having fun and. All we did was just do, do what it, y'all did. Do it there, and but and by the way, that wasn't even the plan. We was supposed to play nice, but niggas on the other side wanted. They acted like they wanted violence, so we looking at each other like, "Oh, this nigga wants smoke." <laughs> like, nigga, don't. Like, I thought we were gonna be here. We we're gonna have to be nice. We yeah, didn't want to yeah. look like, you know, we didn't want to look crazy. So it's like, all right, cool. Which might have been honestly in his in Amarion's favor if we went that way. Yeah, because. They don't the shit that we were doing. They obviously they don't do that. That's not their lane. That's not their bag. Yeah. So, you know, from what I've seen, I'm like, yo, like, first of all, this nigga Mario can really sing, bro. Like, really singing, like real life, nigga. I'm not trying to dick ride the nigga. That's my bro. That's your man's. Like, I think I everybody be in knows. the whip with the nigga, just randomly, and I be mad. Like, nigga, shut up. Like, because the nigga just. The nigga could like when you see someone who has a, something with certain talent. Yeah, like, nigga, like I'd be in the crib sometimes. I'd be in the shower, like nigga trying to harmonize. Like, how the fuck is this nigga doing this? <laughs> like, yeah, yo, this is like yo, he can really sing. Like he can sing, yeah. and I've been fortunate enough to like obviously be around him. But I've also yeah. had the opportunity, like bro, we've been on stage with everybody. We, everybody. Like, yeah, and I'd be at the sound checks. And now that I, I'm not gonna give nigga secrets away, yeah. but. Nigga, there's some tricks out there that niggas be doing. Oh, man, absolutely. Making them look... Put it like this. We gonna... This is a callback, right? In my other life, I'm a comedian. <laughs> a lot of niggas out here on controllers. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just keeping it real. A lot okay. of niggas is on controllers. <laughs> them niggas have never touched vinyl. Yeah, I, I And, and it, I've been able it. to see it. So, like, obviously, in the, like, as an entertainer, there's the respect there. So, like, if somebody, that's what they do, fuck it, that's what they do, but... In the community, niggas gotta know who really do it and who does that. And I think that was what was probably at the forefront on that night. I was like, oh shit, okay, there's there's a difference here. So when you when y'all got the call, was you like, oh shit? Because I mean, obviously, Versus has been rocking for you know at least a year and a half. Listen, so so I'm gonna get on here and I'm gonna speak the truth. And, All the truth, and, please. If Mario hears this, I'm sorry. I love you. You my dog, you know that. Shout I'm out to Mario. You know it's that's family. But so we were in London when the versus conversation was happening. I remember, you know, like I'm he's talking about it, but it's not official. Like yeah, it's not yeah, yeah. to talk. I initially didn't feel like we can win. And not because Mario's not amazing and incredible. Mm-hmm. Because you know, nigga, it's it's we in the internet era. Everything's about the internet. And yeah. I feel like on the internet, if someone's bigger, then yeah, that's that person, it, yeah, that's what it is. It's like yo, like it's, it's like DJing. Like there's some niggas who are their internet presence is amazing. They do a great job marketing. They do a great job. Their photos is incredible. But you never seen the nigga DJ once. Yeah, clue. So, uh, damn clue. That's clue. Clue. Damn. I seen clue when it was trash. This is what you want to do. 
Right. Clue's a legend. I love Clue. Well, we can talk about that yeah. later. We could, later we we at some point I'm sure we probably gonna talk about who's the dope <laughs> DJs and who's. Eh. Yeah. Um. But, anyways, I say all that to say, like as a DJ too. Obviously, I've already known that Mario hasn't been getting the. I feel like the respect that he should be getting. Like I've been a DJ for a long time, so I know. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. I've played him in the club. Yeah. I've seen him have some moments and whatnot. And to me, I felt like, at initially, those little moments that he had, because the records were a little bit more familiar, would overpower the talent. Yeah. And, the like, it wouldn't be about quality of record. It would be about, oh, well, I, I've heard that one before. I yeah. haven't really heard this one. Yeah, or yeah, I haven't yeah. Heard this in popularity. Yeah, popularity. I thought it was going to be a popularity <laughs> contest. And, honestly, real niggas don't win popularity contests. <laughs> nah. Until... The locks and dipset. If we're going to call a spade a spade. That was the first time that I saw that. Oh, shit. Because even that, I was like, and I'm... Nigga, Everybody in the world called the nigga, dipset one. I told you earlier, I had a bad boy chain. I was bad. Duh. Boy. You couldn't tell me. You couldn't tell me I wasn't bad boy. But I 1,000% thought dipset was going to wash them niggas. Yeah. From, a, from some DJ shit. Because, nigga, I have a dipset set and I have a lock set. And dipset one every time. Nigga. Every I, single trip. It, no matter where I go in the world, I could get a little dip set off. Locks is selective. Yeah, very selective. Very selective. So to me, it was like, and I would kind of make that same parallel. Like, no. now granted, Mario got a number one record and a Mario does not. And that matters. Yeah. But versus is a numbers game. So to me, it's like, all right, cool. It's just popularity. So we got the number <laughs> one, but he got some more familiar records like I mean, he probably got 10 familiar records let's say we got nine he got one more so niggas might be like, oh he won because he got the one more we know yeah but that shit did not go that way at all <laughs> dog at all and so <clears throat> were you talking shit and like everybody in the stadium could hear you oh for sure Oh yeah, yeah. yeah well, he was in your bag. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So niggas is laughing at these niggas, and you over there, you just doing what the fuck? We going, we going. But to be honest, and, and shout out to Mario because I mean, you know, it's niggas it was professional courtesy, uh, yeah. courtesy. But yo, we were just having fun. Like that's what versus it is fun, and he started that energy. Like Mario was talking, like nigga, get out of here, nigga. I'm about to clean you up, nigga. Get your get your shit going. It was like, oh cool like let's do that but he didn't he didn't follow up with that energy yeah that one little move and then he tried to get back to pc and we was like nah nigga violence (laughs) like it's smoke because my my perception of mario is like it's never no drama you never hear nothing bad like you never he never never getting dragged on line or anything so i'm like Yo, these niggas is talking reckless, like. I mean, and that shit was like that shit was shocking, bro. Shout like, out to my bro, but he a, he <clears throat> he's from Baltimore, Maryland, nigga. The Wire, like y'all niggas know the Wire in yeah. Baltimore. Baltimore is real life. It's real life. You yeah, know what I'm like and yeah, he's. A I got R&B. some homies in Baltimore. He's right an R and B singer, but he's human. He's it's human. real nigga. nigga. We we like he grew. He got hella cousins. He's not the oldest, so you know how that goes. You yeah. got mad cousins, and you're not the oldest, nigga. You got to deal with some shit, and you got to be able to pop off, or them niggas is going to bully you. So, you know, that's... that's, And I'm the same way. Like, I got hella cousins, and I'm not the oldest. So, what was the... What was the... Like, 
what was the reaction afterwards? Because, bro, you went nuts. And see, I, 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 I'm, I'm asking from like social media went nuts. Like, oh, it was going bad. Mario's DJ is going crazy. So them niggas had to see that shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm sure niggas is at not, 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 not. So what was the energy afterwards? It was like, oh, that was cute. Or, hey, man, we got to talk, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about from the Marvel Mario? Yeah, bro? yeah. I mean, to be honest, like, so there's no real relationship there. So, like, yo, it's just business. Like, niggas piece it up after your good shit, good shit. I, I like, immediately after piece it up, good shit. Y'all did your thing, y'all did your thing. I just kept it moving. So, it's not like um, there's a relationship there where it's okay. like niggas is going <laughs> to feel some type of way. Like, we're not friends. Like, I don't yeah. I don't know him. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't, like, it, it wouldn't be a situation where it's like, damn, why you why you have to go there? And, well, nah, nigga, we don't. It's like, a, it's a, I looked at it like a battle. Like, or just, just clowning, like, if I don't, we don't get super personal. We just yeah. clowning about like, come on, the nigga came out with a melon. All I did was look at my timeline, and all I seen was people clown. I said, yo, they calling you old melon out here, yo, that's bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. then the other shit was the Janaceous. Like, bro, every DJ knows this is true. That Janae verse is the verse on Post to Be. Oh yeah, what it is. I, that's why I got it cute. I only start there, and if I need to. Kill some time to find another record, then I bring it back to the top. Yeah. But if I'm really moving through records, I hit the Janae and I'm out. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah, literally. And then outside of that, because the chicks always say not part now. That's it. And then outside of that, it was just like he brought out Jeremiah and them niggas. It just didn't sound good. And Mario led on that. I was like, yo, y'all niggas sound cool. Because I watched it back. I'm like, damn, we was killing them. But like Mario was like, yo, y'all niggas don't. That sounds bad. And I couldn't hear it because I didn't have my in-ears in. Mm. When I listened to it on the playback, I'm like, damn, what were you niggas doing? Like, so that was that's what makes it look worse because we're just talking shit just because I know that's what the versus environment yeah. can be. Yeah. And I've seen niggas be successful. Like the locks was successful, just like, you know, doing that. And I'm like, yo, we gonna that's our that was our strategy. Like, nigga, we going in here like the locks. Yeah, I like it. I like that's it. That's what we're like gonna it. do. Like, nigga, cause niggas is talking like we the underdog, we have no chance. And we gonna turn. Yeah, because that was contest. that was trending on Twitter. Like you know, it was it was gonna be a wash, and it then was. it was a few niggas. You know, uh, people that know music was like, "Yo, Mario sings way better than this nigga." Then I I, I didn't see nobody debating that. I think that was clear across yeah, the board. But, but, but that the perception don't matter. Yeah. That don't matter. What verses was like you said. People yeah. assume verses is a popularity, and it is. Yeah, it is. But. If you can maneuver properly, which is, nigga, we play chess. We went in yeah. there and we played chess. We maneuvered properly. And, nigga, next thing you know, nigga, all his important pieces was gone. And it was on and popping, nigga. King was, it was checkmate, nigga. <laughs> Dang <laughs> time, nigga. Yeah. So, do, do you, um, did you have control of the playlist or? 100%. So, that was another important thing that we did. Like, mm. him and I talked and we was like, yo. And that's where Amarion fucked up. I can say it now. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's behind us. But he went in there and just was like, yo, I have 20 songs. I'm playing them like this. And I told Mario, I said, yo, bro, we're going to have our 23 songs, right? We know what those are. Yeah. But, bro, we got to treat this shit like a battle. Yeah. Like a fight. Like in a fight, you don't go in there and say, nigga, I'm going to put three rights and the left. Nah, you throw a right. 
if that don't work, yeah. you see what he do, and yeah. then now you start to fight based on what you know you counterpunch, and that's what we did. I'm like, yo, if you ever if you watch it, you can see us talking. It was like, all right, boom, this is what he did. How what was the impact? Uh, it wasn't really no impact. All right, cool. So we're gonna come back with this, and that's that really I think was the real reason we were able to clean them up because mm-hmm. we just we were reactionary. We weren't just going in there like because yeah. it wouldn't have made sense if we just went in there and like oh, yeah, just follow the strategy in this order. That's like a DJ having a set playlist and just playing no. straight down the and line, then, and no one's reacting. Yeah. You just keep going like nah, <laughs> no, 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 scrap that. Yeah. I'm gonna we gonna and but that's the advantage because no disrespect to his brother, his brother ain't no DJ. He a nigga with a controller. So I <laughs> nigga, I went up there on DJ shit. Yeah, you like, nigga. If he throw a, a, a smash, then we gotta match it with a smash. Yeah. If he throw some bullshit out there, we throw some bullshit. But how do we win? You just outsing him. And that yeah. that literally was the strategy. Like, yo, all right, cool. It ain't we're not gonna really make it about the records, cause you know you got smashes, he got smashes. But we're gonna make it about the singing. And when he do throw his smashes out, we're gonna throw our smash and sing better than that nigga. And that's exactly what we did, like straight up. And that shit worked to the T. Bro, so y'all much, really I was shocked. Y'all really like nigga, like I'm telling you, like when I seen your name just trending just it was everywhere. It was bro. it was killing me too though. It was it's Charlemagne says it. Shout out to Charlemagne to God, man. Yo, listen. Five people gonna love it, five people gonna hate it. Five people ain't gonna give a fuck. Yeah, and that's what it was. It was niggas. It was like, yo, this nigga, yo, why this nigga talk? Amari on fans. Yo, why this nigga keep talking, man? This ain't about you, nigga. Shut up. Nobody wanna hear from a DJ. Man, I ain't never seen a DJ talk this much in verses. Well, nigga, that's why we won. <laughs> I love it. Straight up. So you know, I was gonna ask your top five DJs. Ooh, come on, don't do me like top that. Top five DJs. I have friends. You know this shit. You know this shit. Be personal. Top five DJs. Oh, man. For you. No particular order. No particular order. I- I'll give you that leadway, but I need your top five. Oh, man. That's so hard. Come on, man. My top Because you already know DJs. who your, your, your top three is. I'm, I mean, most niggas do. Like. So, for me, it's the people who I, like... I guess I would say I I don't say mimic myself after but the people who really made me want to do it I'm gonna go Funkmaster Flex got to because Flex Hogan is hot if you are if you are hip hop and I, I I really grew up with reggae and I transitioned into hip hop so I can't even say I'm hip hop but if you are hip hop you have to acknowledge what Hot 97 means to hip hop and if you acknowledge what Hot 97 means to hip-hop, there's no way that Funk Master Flex isn't in that conversation. Because okay. he is why Hot 97 <laughs> means what it means to hip-hop. Right? So, let's just flex. We're going to put him there. I know he's on... Be the- clear! Yo. Mad niggas out here dropping bombs on records. BX stand up! Mad niggas dropping bombs on records. Niggas is dropping sound effects on records, and we got to be honest. I, I'm going to say... It's because of Flex. Bim, 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 bim. Funk Master Flex Night. Funk Master Flex Night. I mean, that shit is legendary. And then from there, I go to who, like, when I think of, like, ill party rockers, come on, it's the Kid Capri. Like, it's nigga, the... It's, it's, like, 
kick Capri, of course. You know what I'm saying? And then I go to the other side, which is Stone Love. You know what I'm saying? Like, and now I know that's not a DJ, that's a DJ sound, but yeah. niggas, Stone Love, like that reggae shit, that influence, that shit was big for me. Like, yeah. I used to just, like, yo, listen, popping a stone, like to get your hands on a Stone Love tape. Man, everything, bro. Made, huh? Like, weird. Like, the shit was legendary. If you got a Stone Love tape, I remember my cousin had a '96 Honda Accord. Nigga, the tape that <laughs> broke, we was sick. <laughs> and the Stone Love tape was stuck in there. Oh. We took the whole shit apart to get the tape out. Fuck the fuck the stereo. Fuck we need the this radio. tape. This Stone Love tape gotta come out. Like, they was legendary. And then from there, I go. Personal for me is Clinton Sparks because I mean that's like when I started to figure out okay I want to be a DJ I want to be dope like you know it's like it's like anything else you do you got to look to who's who's ill who's doing yeah. the ill that that is in close proximity somewhat to you and I never forget turn on the radio jamming ninety four five I heard get familiar <laughs> oh shit like his shit just. I remember listening to it and I'm like, yo, this shit just sounds so crazy. Like, his shit was just dope. His fucking syndicated show was, it was yeah. ill. I, I love Clinton Sparks. I never forget. I, I got a chance to actually DJ for him, be his DJ when he was doing some shows. And I used to DJ with him. Mm. And, you know, we had a little, yeah. we had a relationship. I'll never forget. I was DJing in the club. It's my residency. I'm killing it every week, doing my thing. Clint Sparks is kind of my man. He pulls up. Mm-hmm. Throws a record on, nigga says, <clears throat> if you know a better DJ than me, drops T.I., bring him out, bring him out. It's hard to yell when the bat rap goes crazy. He just, 47 <laughs> minutes of going crazy. He looked at this nigga I'm like, looking at I this still nigga. you, son. I'm looking at him like, damn, I thought we was friends. <laughs> yeah, why you do me like this, son? Sweet, we're friends. But at that moment, I realized, like, nah. When you come out there, you gotta perform, you gotta entertain, and you can't be whack. So, like, sure. I gotta give him his props because, like, that's where I got a lot of my, like, my energy from. Like, yo, nah, Clint Sparks don't never DJ nowhere, and you don't know he's their DJ. Some niggas be DJing, but who's 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 the DJ? Yeah, not him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kick a breather, and then that puts us at what's that? That's three, four. That's four. Man. Five. Who would it be? It would be like uh, I would go someone super technical, honestly, because like as I got into the culture, I started to fall in love with that aspect of yeah, DJ too. Like seeing niggas just doing ill shit. Like yeah, I think um, I think we're gonna do a part two. You know, we're gonna run this back because there's still mad more questions <laughs> I'm gonna ask you. I talk, I, run, I, listen, I talk a lot. Nah, man, I love it. I love it. I love it. We gonna crazy. run. We gonna we gonna I'll do a part. I leave number five for part two, but it'll be yeah. someone super technical. I'm gonna think because I got there's so many guys out there, like so many DMC champions out there that are killers. Yeah. Um, and that's just that's just dope to me. But like everyone, like A Track is one of my favorite A-Track DJs in the world. Um. You know, technically, what he does, you know, being the youngest DMC champion, yeah. um, you know, obviously Jeff, you know, my my favorite DJ of all time, which I'm definitely not scared to say because he's God's favorite DJ. I'm Clark Kent. Come DJ on. Clark Kent. Come on, Clark Kent. Brooklyn, so, you know the vibes. You know, so. Clark Kent. Yeah, it's, it's just so, I mean, I, yo, listen, 
I love everybody, man. Everybody, and I think that's what we probably need to acknowledge. Like, yo, everybody has a different vibe. They bring a they bring something different to the table that's dope, and I love that. And I, you know, I'm 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 just happy to see the shit keep growing and getting better, despite. You know, yeah. controller shit. I, <laughs> I love, I love, I love it. I love, I love the, I love the spicy the, talk about the controller, the controller man. Controller shit is still some dope ass DJs out there that are getting on turntables or they're getting on vinyl or whatever format, whatever form of vinyl they're using, whether it be Serato, whatever. And they just they're going crazy. They're just killing it, man. Like, beyond, can, can can we get you out of redo? Ooh, I haven't done a redo in a minute, man. Yo, shout out to the yo. Listen, I'm telling you my redo story. So I go to the redo. And I forget who I met first, but I met one of the DJs. Like, yo, you did we do this shit called a redo? Ah, 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 ah. And O's gonna laugh when he hears this, right? O comes to the redo and doesn't know who I am. This nigga O came and leaned on me so tough. Like, who who let this nigga up here? <laughs> who is he? Who who approved this, man? Like That's Otis. why I love O, because O came was like. See what this nigga about. Leaned on me hard. <laughs> I did my little thing. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he went out. He, from that day, that's my brother. I love him, man. I love O to death. Like, O's, like, O's my, I consider O my OG, and we didn't even grow up together because he just, you know, yeah. he embraced me, showed me mad love, and, you know, if if I, if I know if I need something, I can call O, and he's going to be like, yo, what you, what you want to do? How you, and he's super motivated. Like, yeah. like, yo, keep going, man. You're doing your thing, young homie. Like, yo, I'm proud of you, and like, yo, I love what you're doing. Do your thing, so. That's my redo story, but I haven't been to the redo. I heard they're doing all vinyl now. I just don't yeah. have. Like, when I moved from Boston, that's the one thing I did sacrifice is I brought two joints that have vinyl in it, and that has even diminished low-key. Like, I just don't have. Yeah. I would love to, but the other side of it, it was it would have to be reggae because that's my foundation. I yeah. Like, I got into hip-hop a little bit with vinyl, but the transition to Serato happened so fast it didn't even make sense for me to really invest no more into vinyl like I yeah. couldn't really do nothing with it so all my my vinyl is reggae but don't get it fucked up <laughs> I got a shoebox of 45s that deal go crazy if with somebody <laughs> that's on this reggae shit wants smoke <laughs> I can light you oh no <laughs> listen I got dubs I will set you on fire i love it i love it love it <laughs> no, but I, love, I love music man. i love this shit man it's, it's fun it's like to be able to entertain people and like change how people feel and put people in a good mood yo it's like one of the illest shits in the world it's like the most gratifying part about djing is like just go into a room and create a good vibe good energy that shit is a fucking incredible it's incredible last question last question last question what do you want your legacy to be legacy man i think anything you love you want to add value to it and you want to be able to put other people on and pass down what you know and what you learn to other people so really my legacy would be to just give as much information to whoever loves this as much as i do so they can go further than i've gone for real like that's that would that would be my legacy like put you know put share information and you know all the like little uh, I would say bumps and hurdles or what obstacles, you know, to get to this point, allow someone to just skip right past that and just zoom to, you know, another level. Right. Well, brother, this has been amazing. I definitely want to do a part two because I want to get um, more nerdy. Yeah, yeah. Because I love the nerd talk, you know what I'm saying? But 
this has been amazing. I learned so much. We went there a little bit with the techniques and the versus the controller. I mean, like I gave you the like the analogy for everyone listening. Hey, the, the if you use a controller, carry. it's like a sling they created that holds your arm in place so that your shot can be perfect. Take it off. See, I got my guy up there. So yeah, I, I know this. You know, yeah, yeah, I, I do this basketball no, shit too. Man, so we, can, <laughs> we can talk basketball the next time around. To everybody who uses controllers, <laughs> man, I would encourage you to whatever you use, just be dope. Be incredible. Yeah, and master sure. that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you think? Word up, man. It's DJ Vicious. It's your boy, Chad Day. Needle to the groove. We out of here. Peace. <laughs> Groove, groove, groove.